0: Welcome to another edition of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that features those who took a leap of faith to follow their passion and dreams. I'm Very excited to have this brother on uh, on the podcast today. He is I admire his moves, I admire his entrepreneurial energy, his drive. He is uh, a author. He's a matchmaker. He's a TV host. I mean. I'm sure I'm leaving out a lot, but I'm going to, you know, you're going to hear f- from him directly. Welcome, Mr. Paul Carrick Brunson. What's up, good brother?
1: Hey, man, I appreciate it. I, I like how you said the whole name. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's how, you know, for some reason, yeah. that stuck with me,
0: man, Paul Carrick Brunson.
1: Yeah, you, you know, that that's special that you said that, man, because I remember when uh when I was first trying to like get my whole branding game down, I um I went with Paul Carrick Brunson because uh, there was this other cat. His name was Paul Brunson,
2: oh. and he was
1: like, yeah. He, so he he so Paul Brunson. He's still alive. He's he's my he's like roughly we look the same, mm. right? Roughly same age. He's from the D.C. area. So wow. I, I was born in New York, but lived mostly in the D.C. area. Um, but he has been locked up. oh uh, yeah I was wondering uh, why you
0: use Paul Carrick Brunson uh it makes sense now
1: that's the reason why that's
0: the reason why anyways so let's get to it uh what I usually ask my guests you know to take me through their journey in terms of where they grew up uh where they went to college where they are majoring, and how you end up becoming an entrepreneur so uh
3: go ahead bro
1: yeah man well I am, um, you know, and uh, we were talking about this right before we got started is that I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to go back instead of just talking about the now. Um, but, you know, in order to, to really understand uh, how we do things now, you have to understand why and the why mm. is in the, it's in the history and in the story. So I, I really like this format. Um, but I was, you know, I was born in New York in, in uh, Queens in particular, and I, I grew up in a uh, my so my father's from South Carolina, my my mother's from Jamaica, uh, but we grew up it was really a Caribbean neighborhood and so it was more of that kind of like West Indian vibe. Mm. And then uh when I was maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, we moved to uh Long Island. Uh so we moved to Massapequa. And that was uh that was a really interesting time because you know all of my friends and everyone they were in the city we moved out we were the first black family to live in an all italian neighborhood
3: mm. and, and
1: uh my father bought the house on like for dirt cheap for nothing because uh this mafia dude had been off in the basement
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh, really yeah
1: yeah yeah it was crazy it's so uh, that's uh i didn't learn about that later but that's that's how he was able to get it on the cheap Um uh, but you know, moving there, I, I, I literally witnessed uh, white flight, mm. you know. So within a Reverse year... Like we Reverse
3: It
1: was crazy. It was cra- like within a year, maybe. The, uh, it, it went from Italian, one black family to all black family. Wow. Um, but, and it was honestly, those were some of the best years of my life. It was just a great neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, just great vibes. I had great friends, friends that I know to this day, we were saying how you and I met through, uh, my, my, my friend who lived right across the street, Shayna Stevenson. Yep, Um,
0: Shane is a homie. So, uh,
1: first guest yeah, on yeah. the
0: show, on this podcast,
1: man, Shane is just like her energy is just great, but that was everybody's energy really, um, mm. uh, in the neighborhood. And so, uh, so from there, uh, my father who is an entrepreneur, and he's, you know, he's a like really, really good entrepreneur. He has started in the, in the basement of that home in New York, he started a company called Short Comp, mm. which was a software, what he did is he wrote software for um, basically for anybody building communication equipment. Mm. So if you wanted to communicate between, you know, basically base to up to a satellite or up to a plane, he would write that software and a company bought him You know, it was just him, but a company bought like quote unquote his company.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: that company was in Northern Virginia. So we moved up to Northern Virginia and then, th- then the company that had bought his company then was, was then bought by another company out in California. So we moved out to California uh, and then the same thing happened. We moved to Salt Lake city, Utah, you know, so, we were just bouncing around everywhere. Uh, and at the time, I hated it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was disruptive. I, I never I could imagine. keep friends. Right. Yeah, man. It was, I mean, especially too, you know, you're trying to, all the, the girlfriends, you got to say goodbye to all the oh, girlfriends. Man. I, I,
0: I, oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. You know, teenagers, your your hormones are crazy. <laughs> you, you know, the hottest shorty on the block. And you're like, oh, I got to go, babe.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think it's like oh that's that the love of my life right right <laughs> I experienced uh, that one
0: time when I left Jamaica but that's another story
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, just, it was just terrible, you know. So, uh, but looking back though, it was great <laughs> because I realized it forced me to have to learn to make friends quick you know, mm. it, it it. forced me to learn to like up my communication game, um, to up my being satisfied with being alone, you mm. know, uh, because I'm the new kid on the block. So, you know, I'm not going to have friends for a minute. So I got to be happy just, you know, on my own for that right. week or two weeks, you know. Right. Um, so, so, it, so I, you know, it, it was, I think it was good in hindsight. Tell you how to be a loner?
0: Um, is, is that. You know, kind of, sort of,
1: what? Yeah, like, or, yeah. I mean, you know, that's a really good question. I think it taught me to be um, content and happy with myself. Okay. Yeah. I can relate you know, to that. Yeah, as, as we get older, uh, especially, you know, being in the matchmaking space and others, is that I truly believe that our number one responsibility in life is to love ourselves. Mm. Like, like, that's our number one responsibility, mm. because everything that we do good and great comes from our ability to love ourselves and everything that we do bad and whack comes from our inability to love ourselves. Wow! And so at an early age, I, I didn't realize that I, you know, that that's what was happening, but. You were forced uh, to really love yourself. <laughs> you were forced. forced. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, so, so that was, that was really good. And, you Um, and I was happy just being on my own and, and I learned to just be able to create and develop. So I, um, I always had jobs always, Mm -hmm. you know, working, hustling, like, and it, and you know, what's interesting too, is I didn't hustle for the money. You know, I love getting a check, Mm -hmm. but I really, even at like 13, 12, 11, I really hustled for the, um, you know, how can I figure out how to do this thing better? Mm. Like, be more efficient. Like, so, you know, like one of my first jobs was selling, uh, I would sell cans of Coke, uh, Coca-Cola <laughs> to uh, uh, to construction workers in our neighborhood, or actually was the neighborhood next to us. And, you know, I would literally sit down because my aunt would, t- you know, we were moving everywhere. So my aunt would say, you know, you know, be in touch with your feelings, so you write those <laughs> things down. You know you should journal. And so, at an early age, i, I she gave me you know a pen, uh, a little journal book, but instead of writing my feelings, I would write down ideas on how to like perfect what I was doing on my business game. So I would write down like, okay, a can of coca-cola costs, you know whatever. Wow. And he says. Uh, but if I get, you know, a bag of Doritos <laughs> and I add that, uh, then I can actually increase the price by, you know, more than double that. And, you know, so All I would you? just write down.
3: Oh, were you? I, I was,
1: man, I was probably 11,
3: okay. 11
1: to wow. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that then, you know, writing down those business ideas, how to, like be better at delivering the product or whatever it was that led me to writing full blown business plans
0: around 11, 12,
1: (laughs) man. Yeah. I mean, but I would say it was full blown by the time I got to maybe, you know, 15.
0: How many business plans you wrote during that time?
1: (laughs) Oh man. I mean, I was man, countless. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was countless ideas, man. Like even when I, I look back, I was like, yo, I had some really good ideas. Right. Like I had, like maybe 16 years old. I had the idea. I was like, you know what? Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and Kentucky Fried Chicken need to get together and just it needs to just be one drive-through because <laughs> I, I would like to be able to get you know uh, uh, two things. <laughs> yeah,
3: just one thing. <laughs>
1: and then yeah, I mean, I was you know it was one of those where. It was idea generation, and I and I realized mm-hmm. too later in life that that is really what that's really the most important element of of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is being able to innovate, and that was you know like my incubator for uh, for for being able to innovate. So man, I was writing like literally like full blown business plans. Like man, here's here's what the marketing should look like. Here's wow. what the yeah, here, like it, even like I and I was good with finance, so it was like, here's what the profit will be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my hobby. It was the nerdiest thing in the world, but that was my hobby. Right. And by the time I graduated from from high school, so when I got into, uh, by the time I got late into high school, I think all of that stuff, being the loner. Mm-hmm. Moving around everywhere, um, the, the falling in love with the hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it things started to turn left for me. You know, I like I like I got in trouble with the law. What? You what? Know, like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was how Houseway. <laughs> man, it was. I I think I you know looking back, what I realized what it was is think it was really two things. One is, I think that uh, we all want to feel uh, that we're heard, you know, mm-hmm. in life. Like, I think one of the worst things you could do is not being heard
0: or not being seen, or
1: not. exactly feel mm-hmm. feel like you because what that means is kind of speaks to your value. Like, wow, mm-hmm. I have no value if nobody cares about anything I say and anything I do. I have no value. Mm -hmm. And so at a young age, when you feel that way, you then, you, you then start to act out to, 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 to search for that validation.
2: Right. You know,
1: so, so for me, what it was is it was, man, I need to search for like that validation somehow. So my thing is, you know, everybody had their, uh, I guess their, uh, their, their thing that they turn left on. Mm-hmm. But, but my thing that I turned left on was man, I literally started like breaking into cars. What? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, you know, cause so keep in mind, this was the kid who was writing business plans. exactly. So I wasn't just like, I'm gonna break into the car and I'm going to take the change out of the thing. It was, I'm going to break into the car and then I'm going to go drive this car up (laughs) to somewhere and I'm going to go, I'm going to sell it. So (laughs) so, so I, I I had a whole like major thing that, that, that then forced me to, um, to be that loner again, Mm -hmm. because I was you didn't have you know, any so accomplices, was, you were just doing it by yourself, man, no, I had accomplices oh okay I, I, but but i I had started by myself though, oh, so and, you're
0: the leader of the pack
1: and, <laughs> man and i and i and I like brought on a crew uh-huh and and um and it it was terrible because man some of the folks uh the fellows in the, in the crew they were over uh eighteen and over twenty one mm. so when Eventually, when we got caught, because everybody gets caught eventually, mm-hmm. um, man, folks did real time. You know, wow. the folks who were who were um, eighteen and, and, and twenty-one, and and even and and I even had some, you know, had some time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and so uh, by the time I got to college, I was my first year. I was on probation. Yo, I would never... I
0: don't think a lot of people knew this story, bro. Know this story.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever publicly told this.
0: Where did he go to school? Uh, College.
1: Yeah, uh, Old Dominion. Okay. Yeah. So he was on probation
0: your freshman year.
1: My freshman year. I was the only... Like, I literally had a, a P.O. Like, people are like... Who is this guy coming to visit you? Did you, you, know?
0: did you? did you look the part? Did you look rough? You know, like don't mess with me. <laughs> no,
1: you, you know what? I, I did this whole like um, I um, my whole look started to change because so I, I went from I went from uh, rough like mm-hmm. I look rough to I started to get like cleaned up a little bit. Okay, um, and 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 then what happened is literally. Uh, a moment that changed my life forever is so, you know, freshman year I'm at ODU. I really could care less about anything.
3: Uh-huh. You
1: know, I've got a probation officer. It's like one of those where I, you know, I've got, you know, uh, my three best friends are still locked up. It's, it's one of those where it's wow. like, whatever, you know. But, um, but saving grace really is, uh, uh, my then girlfriend, who now has become my wife. Oh wow! Oh, you met your you yeah. met your wife freshman year. I, was, I actually met her before, the summer before freshman year.
0: Wow! So,
1: yeah, yeah. So she and, she, and she, so, she
0: put some sense into you. She knocked some sense into you.
1: <laughs> man, she she calls this... her her joke now is she's Captain Saber, brother. That's that's <laughs> her. That's a, her uh, her joke, but. She was like literally, man. This this moment changed my life. Is I I honestly could care less about school. A matter of fact, my GPA by the time uh, we went through our first semester, my GPA was 0. .4. Wow.
2: wow.
3: Not
1: not a not a four 0. .4. Wow. And
0: so how did he? And, you know, quick pivot. How did you guys meet? Like you know, I was just hanging out. He was the the rough the rough the rough dude she you know you don't like how girls like bad boys
1: yeah but she, so she she didn't like me at first you know oh yeah what what happened was uh we we met on a uh the summer before school started you know how you like kind of go to visit the school right and, orientation but, on yeah uh i had gone you know my father brought me up cuz at that point they were like okay we we can't trust him <laughs> you know, anywhere by himself. <laughs> right. So he but it was like me and my father, then everybody else, just like, like kids by themselves. And it was it was me and him. And um and so she was in my my orientation group. Wow. And 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 she you know, the two things. One is I thought she was like like beautiful beyond, but then on top of it, we, she scored the highest in this test. I don't know what test we had to take some kind of like, uh, whatever test, And she, she got the highest score. And I remember the teacher pointed her out, like, you know, Jill Cobbs has the highest score, that kind of thing. And I thought, wow, you know, she has got beauty brains, like all of it. And then, uh, when I talked to her, she so she's from Richmond, so she had that kind of southern um mm. uh, thing. And for me growing up, I was obsessed with uh, a different world. Um mm. uh, the show Different World. And I was obsessed with Whitley. Oh word. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so she so, was and, your Whitley. So
2: that,
1: she was my Whitley. I was like, wow, this is this is crazy, you know. So um, but we were just friends. And, uh, literally we were friends through, um, you know, uh, like, like, just like literally we were friends that became best friends Okay. and yeah. Um, but, uh, that, that one moment though, is we were in, uh, we were in the library and, uh, I'm sorry, not the library. We were in a bookstore because she was getting books for class and I could care less. I was just there because she was there, she was there. Was, she was there.
3: All right, and, Dwayne.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, she kind of was, was standing by this one bookcase, and I was just looking, and I saw on this bookcase, I saw this book with this black man on the cover, and he was smiling. He had this sharp suit on. He had this big cigar in his hand, and the title was Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Oh, okay. And I looked at that book. and Reg- Reginald Lewis? Man, Reginald Lewis's book. And at that moment or to that moment, I had never read a book cover to cover. Oh. Never. wow Never. Like I'm talking about literally high school, middle school. I would always, you know, flip through some of it, but never cover to cover. And so I looked at that book and I said, Wow, this makes it them- why should white guys have all the fun? Like it was one of those where like, yeah, you're right. Why should it I was that was like boy? the epiphany,
0: so- right? Like <laughs>
1: it was it was crazy i picked it up off the shelf i flipped through it started reading it and then my then uh you know girl, that girlfriend my now wife jill she was like you know hey I just let me just get this for you you should get it and i was like wow. yeah okay, get a book
3: okay okay wow. i'm getting the book for this.
1: and got the book i read the book in three days wow and literally changed my life the book changed my life and i started to do all the things that I saw him or, or or heard him say that he was doing in the book. Mm. You know, I started to get mantras and I was like, let me start to work out and, you know, let me, um, start mentoring. And I got, I got, I, I enrolled in the big brothers, big sisters program. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I just, you know, started to, to change my life. Literally. It was literally the book. Like a lot of people say, Oh Yeah. You know, I had lots of things happen in my life to change it. No, it was the book.
0: You know exactly what time and place and thing that got you, you know, pivot, make you pivot, you know. You know hard.
1: Hard. hard. P- pivot, hard. So I, w- I literally went from a – I-, I literally went from – I so I was suspended my first year in school because um, my GPA was so low.
2: Oh, Wow
1: and and so i was suspended my first year and i literally went from being having a point 4 and suspension to coming back and i basically got like literally almost all a's by the when i came wow. back and i had you know 3 years of racked up almost all a's to the point where i graduated with honors wow Big. yeah and, yeah put that man. work man, I put in, it, 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 I'm telling you, it was the book, Like right? It was, it was what it was, you know, going back to the seeking validation, the confirmation is, I think what I was looking for is I was looking to see somebody doing it big mm-hmm. that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And I ne- I didn't believe that I could do it big. So, you know, like for DC, for example, my my best friend his brother just sold like sold dope Mm. and he was doing it like he did it bigger than anybody i'd seen do it you know and because that was my best friend's brother he treated me like his little brother Mm. and seeing the respect he got you know the women he got you know, the clothes he had, you know, he was the first one. We lived in Northern Virginia. He was the first one to, like, bring me to D.C., you know, to see, okay, this is this is what y'all do at D.C. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, he was doing it big. And so, you know, so I just aspired to that. I was like, okay, so. That was your yeah,
0: trajectory until you got the, you saw the Reginald Lewis book.
1: Yes, yes. And I saw Reginald Lewis was doing it on a whole nother level you know? Uh-huh. And, and, um, and so that, yeah, so it, so it changed things for me. And, um, you know, so then when I graduated from college, from ODU, I applied to, man, I applied to like a hundred, no, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't a hundred. It was maybe, what was it? Sixty different investment banks, mm. from big investment banks to, to small. And, and I thought it was a, it was a, you know, it, it was going to be hard for me to get because, My academic career, even though it was strong at the end, it started off so weak,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: you know. um, So uh, I got passed over by uh, all the – basically, I got passed over by every bank with the exception of one investment bank out of Richmond, Virginia. Mm. And uh, they just liked the hustle and liked what they saw. So so I ended up getting a job with them. And it was great because my wife was from that area,
2: okay. Um,
1: you know, and, and so, so so her family was there. So I had, and it, you know, by that time we had been dating for the three years. So I had like a nice little support group there, mm. you know, family, and friends and um, and, uh, you know, went in there hungry and, um, you know, at, met my, my best friend. Andre Smith,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, who, who worked at the investment bank and, uh, you know, and then that taught me, man, finance at the highest level and, you know, investing and, you know, and, and, and entrepreneurship at a whole nother level, you know, and I did, I, I performed really well at the investment bank. And at that time too, uh, you know, that was, that was the, the dot-com kind of bubble happening mm-hmm. and people were raising money you know lots of people were, were raising money and so I was like I can raise money too so I came up with this idea and I started pitching it to investors and I raised a hundred thousand dollars boom wow. like that
0: just like that. yeah
1: I, just like literally and when I say it was just like that it was I remember I, I had I booked a meeting with this guy um, I, he, I went into his office, he then, in, so I went to his office, he then invited me out to dinner. I then went to dinner, and he had asked for some additional information, so then I brought back, like, this Bible stack of, of, of like, research,
3: mm. and
1: I remember sitting it on the table, and he said, I'm not going to look through that. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, what we do here is, he said, we, we, we bet on the, the jockey. We don't bet on the horse. The horse—that—that's what's on that paper.
2: The mm. ideas.
1: He said, "I'm betting on you." Wow. You know. And so, literally, he pulls out his checkbook, and he writes hundred thousand dollars.
0: Wow. What was a what was the business plan? What was the business?
1: It, so it was, it was kind of wild, right? But the essence of it was, uh, it was animal shelter. It was called Animal Spot. So. Um, You know, there are, you know, uh, uh, I don't even know how many there are now, but say tens of thousands of animal shelters,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: you know,
1: all around the country. And the problem at that time is they didn't have software to manage uh, how many, you know, dogs and cats that they had, because you think an animal shelter may have like, you know, Fifty dogs and cats, right?
3: right? But
1: each one has a its own schedule, feeding schedule, uh, medication.
3: Mm. If you
1: if, if 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 they're adopted, you know it would be best to collect the information of who's adopting them. Right? It was all of this data that they didn't have, and what we did, this company, is we designed software for. The animal shelters. So this was and a side would, hustle,
0: yeah. or you know, were you no, still no, no, an investment no, banker? Full
1: time. But no, no, oh, this... so
0: you left the investment bank, or you're still? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I straight up left left investment banking the moment that we raised the money.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I
1: left. Yeah, I left him. Matter of fact, so we 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 got the investment, and then as soon as we, I say we got the investment, is I built out a team.
3: -hmm. Of
1: it was me. It was uh, uh, my CFO Brian Macaulay, who was also worked at the investment bank. Um, We had a CTO, uh, Aram Terminacion. He was a uh, developer, and we all then moved to Northern Virginia. So we were in Richmond. We moved to Northern Virginia because that was like uh, AOL was like really popping hard in Virginia. Yeah, that's
2: I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was it was really like this tech mecca. Uh, my aunt and uncle lived in Northern Virginia, and they gave up their basement. And so we literally moved into my uh, so I moved into my aunt's house. Uh, they moved into their different family members' house. We all went full time, and we worked out of my aunt's basement. What did
0: your girl? How did your girl react when you were like, I'm leaving my nine to five, you know, making good money in investment bank to do the startup?
1: Oh man, she was all about it. Word? You know, she she's been wow, ridiculously supportive uh-huh. of every move that I've made that seemed crazy.
0: How long were you at the investment bank?
1: Uh, 2 years. Okay. All right. 2 years. Yeah. Um, you know, uh but but yeah, but but we we raised the money. We we came up to Northern Virginia and um man, things were like for for a few months Things were epic, mm-hmm. you know, because we were a first market. Um, our business model was real simple. It was we design the software, we give it to you for free, mm-hmm. and you use it. But we then take the data Ooh. and we sell the data to pet food manufacturers.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, man. So think, like, you know, let's say that you make dog food or you make, uh, you know, a leash, or whatever it may be. The best thing you could have is the data of potential customers, right. right? And so we would then sell, we would say, okay, well, we know that Kelsey Cooper bought this Doberman-Pincher who has arthritis right. and needs your medication, and here's his address and his phone number.
0: Let me, let me sell a sample to this brother right now.
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and then boom, you know, so it was, it was a, it was major win because the, you know, the, you know, they wanted the data, whatever. So man, it was really good. Um, We had, we, man, we started, that was my first uh, exposure to buying a business. Mm. So we, we bought a business. We bought out this, this guy who had created, he had this patent on this, 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 uh, this collar, um, this, um, basically that was the beginning of the technology where they implanted chip mm. in, in, into the, into the pets. But this was, the chip was basically on the outside of the, of the dog. So we not only had the software, but we then had a chip that sat on the collar of all of these, um, animals. So, man, we had wild data that we could sell. And, um, and so it was all good for a second, you know, for a couple months. Um, then, what you happened? know, man, everything happened, like everything that you could imagine happening bad. So first is we weren't profitable. So we had to raise more money. Uh-huh. So we were out trying to raise money. Couldn't raise the money. Secondly is we were the first to do this, uh, mm. you know, to, to, to do this in a the space. Then all of a sudden you've got 50 other companies, you know, doing it. Wow. Um, the, the third thing, and this is real, is, man, think about this. Most of these animal shelters are in these rural country, you know, backwoods, you know, Virginia, Kentucky, you know. And here's this black dude
3: mm. showing
1: up, wow. you know, to, to sell you on this thing. Or I would go to um, pet manufacturer, uh, you know, expos. Uh-huh. I'd be the only I'd be the only brother in the in the spot like I was people would look at me like 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 what are you doing are, here?
3: You? <laughs> right. what are you doing how did that you make know? you feel and did
0: you uh you were like whatever you know you were focused
1: yeah i mean I was at first I was whatever, but then what hit me and this was the biggest lesson from that whole business what really hit me was that um I wasn't passionate about Pets or animals. I didn't really grow up with any pets. Like I killed my pet. The only pet wow. That I had, like, and when I say killed, I don't, don't want to hear that story. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a it was a gerbil that I was like I don't want this gerbil anymore. You know, and I right. kind of left them outside. Um, but I, I it was just it wasn't anything I was passionate about, mm-hmm. and and I was passionate about just the idea of being a CEO. I was passionate about oh on paper I'm already worth three million dollars like right. I was, it was best stupid stuff mm-hmm.
3: um,
1: but I just wasn't passionate about the business and so um, we ended up selling so this was another uh, thing that I learned too is so at, by that time we we had you know a great like advisory team and, and mm-hmm. lawyer and all that stuff and they all knew that the business was going to flop and that we weren't going anywhere so they were like, the best thing you could do to position this you know, for your story, for your career, all this thing is you gotta sell this, you gotta sell it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we ended up finding a um, this company who was like somewhat in the space and they ended up buying it. And I remember it was such a front. We were like, yeah, we'd sold the company for an undisclosed amount. <laughs> right. And that's true. You sold it for an undisclosed amount. It was like $9. What? Yeah, that was the undisclosed. It was oh, like so wow. ridiculous nothing because they had to, because uh, they had to assume our debt. Right. You know when they bought the company oh, gotcha. and we were already running in, running some debt.
0: How was your you investors? So, what, how do they feel about the situation?
1: You know, you know, I, I, he was. I think he was understandable because it was understandable because uh, we, we had run the company. It was several years. Okay. So he had put up a hundred k and we had we we basically floated this thing for several years off of the hundred k mm-hmm. and just like kind of hook or crook um stuff right and 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 um and i and, and and he he knew that you know out of his ten investments that nine were gonna blow up right he would only ride one so so yeah man that's but that was um it, it was a great lesson man it was like it was better than going to business school you know i eventually went to business school but that was much better than the business school
0: right so I've sold the company what What did you do
1: next right. um, sold the company um then i i was like man what am i gonna do you know you know what am i gonna do um by that time i was married okay you know uh, yeah i got married in, in between that and uh we were in northern virginia my wife and i had a place in and, uh, where were we, uh, Arlington, um, that was, uh, uh, that was, uh, September 11th, um, that's, that's right when that was, uh, but then I, uh, so I ended up getting a job at Kaplan test prep Okay. and, and I ended up getting, it was a, it was a great gig. Actually, I ended up becoming, uh, the director for their second largest center in the world. And I was their youngest director and I was their first uh, black director for, for what, what they call a super center. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, like I, I, I had a staff of like, I don't know, it could have been 30 something people plus, you know, 100 plus teachers. Um, it was about a $6 million budget. And the only way the only reason why they gave me that gig is because I, you know, had been running this other company for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I did that. And then very quickly, by year two or three of being this director at Kaplan, I started coming up with an idea for another business. <laughs> and, and and that and that was I saw that there was a big gap in services for, for basically black kids. Mm. Um we didn't have a lot of black kids coming to our centers. And, um, and I understood it was about the model, right? Mm -hmm. Our model was we sell to rich parents.
3: Mm -hmm. but
1: I was like, I was thinking that a better model is sell to institutions like schools. And that way the kids would get the, the services.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, so that was my idea. Um, and then, I mean, this by itself is probably a five-hour story, but long story short is I met this dude who uh, ended up changing my life. His name is Enver Ugell, uh, who, who, who became my mentor. He lived in Turkey. Oh, and, God, how the hell are you met hell? <laughs> man, man that, yeah, that, that is like, I mean, the, the short story of that is uh, it was a fluke. It was like he he had come into, he and his whole team had come into our center, our captain Center to tour it, uh-huh. and and they were touring because he runs a similar business back in Turkey. Oh, and and um and and this is why it goes to show that you know, like always be, you know always be on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the tour, they were asking me lots of questions and they were very impressed with how I was answering the questions mm-hmm. and they were impressed at the fact that of, of how, you know, young I was to, to be in that position. How Old were you so, around that time? Man, what was it? So what year was that? That was 2003. I was probably 25,
2: 26. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um. And, and my, and, and most, like literally most of the folks on my team were, the, the, the senior uh, folks on the team were maybe, you know, 10, 20 years older.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so that kind of shocked. Right. And And so they invited me out to dinner that night and I wasn't going to go, but it just so happened that like, you know, my wife had to stay late at her job. She was working at a law firm here in DC.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I ended up going to the dinner and at the dinner, uh, I met his whole team and literally at that dinner, he was like, if you ever want to do something in this space, um, I would like to do it with you. And on top of it, if you, I, I want you to come work for me. Wow. Yeah. And so for the, so I didn't immediately go, what happened is, is over the next year, I just built, I just continued to build with him. Okay. So every time he or somebody from his team would come, to D.C., I would meet with them, I would help them, you know, if they wanted to get a meeting set up with somebody, I would just help them, just off the strength of just building, you know. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we got to the end of that year, I was more, uh, I was more, um, that idea that I had of launching my own business, it was was more graduated, and I had flipped my idea from, hey, I want to launch this big for-profit business to, I just want to run a nonprofit. And I want to basically provide high quality tutorial services to black kids. Okay. And, and I went to the NAACP. I remember I went to the National Association of of the Black MBA. I went to all these groups, uh, NSBE, I went to, uh, and I was trying to raise money Mm
2: -hmm. and I,
1: I couldn't raise the money that I needed. I couldn't get the donations that I needed to get the nonprofit off. So Man, I was talking to my wife, and she was like, "Yo, you're friends with a very wealthy guy out in Turkey, right? Why don't Why don't you ask him?" And I was thinking, "Well, why would he want to donate to black kids out here, you know?" And so um, she was like, "Well, you don't know, yeah, so you ask." Right. So I emailed them. I was like, "Hey, I want to come out to Turkey. Had never been to, didn't even know where Turkey was on the map." Oh wow. Um, and, uh, and they were like, okay, you want to come out? We got you Paul. So they got a ticket for me. They flew me out to Istanbul. And the first day I, I hit Istanbul, there was a bombing, a terrorist bombing. Wow.
2: Wow. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. 67 people died. Wow. And, and, um, and that was a moment that changed my life because I could have been caught up in that. I was close to where it was. Mm. And, but the reason why I changed my life is because I saw how they got down and I liked it because as soon as the bombing happened, I was like, bring me back to the hotel. Like, I'm, I'm staying in the hotel. Like, right,
0: right.
1: I'm staying on lockdown. And uh, Mr. Ugel's nephews, um, who are my best friends to this day. As a matter of fact, I was literally just talking to uh, one, of, one of his nephews earlier today. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, uh, but they came to my hotel and they said, why are you in the hotel? They said, we're going out tonight.
3: Wow! I said, what <laughs> after bombing. the bombing?
1: <laughs> they said, "No, no, we're going out to the club. We're going out." He was like, "You know," and I said, "Why?" He said, "Because we're celebrating that we're alive.
2: You know, wow. we're celebrating,
1: we're okay. celebrating life." And I was like, "I can, I can work with that." Um, and I, I, w- I went out there. We, you know, we went out. We went to this crazy club that valet park yachts, and it was just one of those where. Um, it was such a wild experience, but, but long story short, I was in Istanbul for a week, and at the end of the week, I decided, okay, I'm going to pitch Mr. Yuja, I'm going to pitch him on this idea and just see if he'll maybe write me a check, maybe he'll write a check for like 50 grand as a donation, and that would help get me started so I can go full time. Mm-hmm. And, and I pitched him, and he looked at me, he was like, well, I've got a deal for you, he said. I'm going to donate to your nonprofit, but I'm going to give you more than $50,000. Wow. But in exchange, I want you to run my business in America. Wow. And I was like, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's
0: a win-win.
1: It's a win-win. So what was funny is I was like, okay, so where's the paperwork? You know, like, "Where where do I sign he said, no, 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 we don't do any paperwork. He was like, I just shake your hand.
3: Wow. And if I shake your
1: hand, then, then, then I mean it. And I thought, wow, well, I don't know about this. If I shake, like, this is shady. Like, what? Right, right, right. So you're, you're promising me, like, all this money, and, uh, and you want me to shake your hand, and on top of it, you want me to go back and quit my job? You know, and, like,
2: I can't do that.
1: And, and, and they were like, no, 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 this is how we operate. Yeah, you either, you either, like, this is the way it is, or, like, you, you trust us, or you don't. Wow. So I flew back, and I was talking to my, my family, and everyone was like, Paul, don't go into work on Monday and quit. <laughs> like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like, nope, this doesn't happen. Like, no way. You can't trust them. Um, I went in on Monday, and I quit.
2: Wow. I quit
1: my job. You, you basically, for-
0: you know, just leap of faith and just trust in this brother this man, you were like, yo, I'm done.
1: Yeah. I just, I was like, I just trust him, you know? And, um, and, and, but I think this, this is why, like, you know, your life is this, you got to accumulate skills all throughout life. Mm -hmm. And from, you know, from like being in the streets to not, like, I think I had developed an eye for like, can I trust? Like, I think my, Right, my intuition, you know, was is was was high, and so, um, I trusted him, and so he he had promised that if I quit, um, then they would send me the wire immediately, and then I could start to get his business up and like start to like, you know make things happen. Mm-hmm. So, I quit. I reported back. I was like, okay, I quit. So you know, Turkey is like I think went like seven hours or something ahead of us here in in uh, DC. So. I was expecting the wire confirmation on the next day, Tuesday. It didn't come.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Wednesday, it didn't come. Thursday, it didn't come. Friday, by this time, man, I'm like, wow, he got me. Ah. Like, this was,
0: what
3: was, was your wife setup. saying
0: during this time?
1: She was like, oh, he set you up. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it was a setup. Uh, but, lo- but, you know, uh, about a week, maybe it was 10 days later, the wire hit.
3: Oh wow! You know,
1: and I was like, oh, okay, where well, these these? They're like black people, like they're just late, right, you know,
3: right, right, right. Like, right. I, I
0: you know, most it, people will not do that, though, right? You know, most brothers will be like, "Nah, I'm not quitting this job." So, you know, like you said, that skill you acquired in terms of how to judge character, you know, served you well in the situation.
1: It helped. It helped. And then, and then that whole thing, man. That that whole thing is a whole. It's its own chapter, man. Mm. I, I did. Five years with that with that family um, and life changing to this day, um, they're close friends of mine. He at that time he was worth a couple hundred million dollars, and since then he's now worth over a billion dollars. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, And you, Joe. Um, but and he he put me on to the next level of the game, you know, mm-hmm. in life, and introduced me to incredible people. Put me on the board of his company. Mm -hmm. So I sit on the, uh, on the board of his company. Um, I just, I just saw life at, 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 at a whole nother level, Mm
3: -hmm. you know,
1: um, and he just kind of taught me about business at the highest degree, at the highest level. Right. And, and that then emboldened me and empowered me to, you know, then start this whole nother career. So I, I, so then I quit working with him. And I went and became a matchmaker.
0: Okay, you know how long did he work? And that's how
1: the matchmaker thing. I worked with him for five years. Okay. Yeah. Um. And and he he held to what he promised. We we built a, you know, I I built up my nonprofit. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, I built up his business, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and what I did for him is I led his investments in the U.S. Mm. Um, and uh, it was man, it was great. In a matter of fact it was doing the nonprofit work that led me into that led me into matchmaking. Okay. Um, yeah. Because we, we had won a contract for DC and we were administering a, um, a summer program uh, for these high school kids out in, D, in DC, mostly from Southeast. And uh, I, you know, we had built it up. Like I had, I had uh, 12 full time people just working in the nonprofit. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it was legit, man. As a matter of fact, I mean, you know, he got a bad rap back in the day, but a lot of football players were funding a lot of uh, great programs. Like Michael Vick was one of the first people to write us a check,
3: mm. for the
1: nonprofit. Um, they had good folks who who really looked out for the community. So what we would do is we would run programs for them. So like, say Michael Vick was doing the Michael Vick uh, Summer oh, Academy.
0: Oh, Okay, I got it.
1: He would bring us in to teach the kids at the Summer Academy, mm. you know? So we had, uh, we had projects all up and down the East Coast. You guys Detroit, were the back end,
0: back end of these things. Um, these exactly programs,
1: exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, so we did a lot of football, a lot of basketball programs, a lot of, um, schools. And then we started to even move up the kind of chain and, um, and then full on municipalities and cities, were hiring us, so
2: the, wow. so
1: literally DC uh, hired us to come in and run this program, wow. and 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 so we were running a program. And I mean, at that time, man, I was living, man, I was living a dream life. You know, I was I had a nonprofit organization um, that was doing this amazing work. At the same time, I was basically leading investments for a guy that was close to being a billionaire, I was flying back and forth between Istanbul and New York and um, go out to Paris or go to, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Um, I was, man, I was meeting, I was in the most ridiculous meetings in the world. Like, man, I remember one time uh, I got a call from Turkey and they were like, you know, Mr. Ugel's friend, uh, oh no, no, I'm sorry. I was in Turkey and Mr. Ujel was like, um, you know, um, I, I, I want to make sure that my friend gets his carpet. Like it was a, you know, because in Turkey, they their textiles or everything. So it was this, mm-hmm. you know, like finely made, you know, uh, carpet. And he was like, I want you to bring this to my friend because I, I want him to, you know, I want to show him that much respect. And I'm mm. like, what? Like I'm running this company. You want me to bring carpet to somebody? But right, right. I never I never doubted him. I was, I just, whatever he said, I would do it, right? Because I, I respected him. So he, so I was like, okay, so who's the friend? He was like, okay, here it is. So he writes the name down, or like his assistant wrote the name down, wrote the address. I never really looked at it until I got to DC. So I'm in DC, and um, I'm literally, got this carpet in my car, and I look at it, I was like, oh my God, this address is the Supreme Court. Wow! It, it was Justice Scalia. Wow! <laughs> and, and I brought this carpet in, and here I am in his private chamber, and he's like, "Sit down," you know. And you know, you know, of course, his politics we could, I, yeah. I personally disagree with, but it's pretty interesting when when you figure, when you see yourself sitting having a drink with Justice Scalia you know that it was just like i felt like i was living in a whole nother world um, but what i think what it did is it emboldened me and it, it emboldened me to believe that i literally could do anything right not in an egotistical way but just in a you know if if you put your mind to it you could do it you can get it done so when we were running that program in dc and i saw that not one of those 100 kids that were in our program had two parents in the household. I started looking at that, saying, "Damn, here's we're doing tutoring, right? But fundamentally, something is there's something missing in black households around um, fathers not being the black household." And then one of the counselors joked me and said, um, "You know, Paul, why don't you become hitch? And if <laughs> and if if you become a hitch." You could just hook up all the moms, Lord. and it became this joke. It was like all summer long, the kids were joking me, the um, the staff, everyone was like, "Oh, here's Hitch. She's gonna be Hitch." Wow, man, I was like, "Hmm, you you, you think this is a joke? Okay." All right. <laughs> so- <laughs>
0: You're looking at it, yo. Know, no. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Let me jump, Let me let me explore that a little bit more.
1: Man, I, I went I went full on in. I did my research. Uh my wife and I did this thing called the brown sugar party in our house where we were inviting people over
3: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, people who were single friends of ours and um and 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 I just saw that, that there was a space, there was there was a way so at the brown sugar party we would play this game mm-hmm. and I saw that it was a it was a game, it was a really cool game to bring people together like especially uh, men, women you know um, it was it was just a, it was just, it was kind of like Black Jeopardy but it include drinking um, right you know so I thought you know what let me I can't build another business I'm already doing all this stuff let me just kind of license this idea to an existing company mm-hmm. so I started researching what are the companies I could sell this idea to and I found out that there were these things called these people called matchmakers hmm I'd never heard of a matchmaker in my life never you know never thought that um there was you know an actual like real life hitch people um and so I started contacting them to see if I can get on the phone and try to try to uh hustle this idea to them basically and they uh nobody would respond to the call nobody would 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 message me back You
0: were and, just cold like, calling these people or
1: Yeah, I went onto their website, I would drop them emails and I would, uh, yeah, I would do emails and then calls, Um, but, but nobody. And when I say it was maybe 11 of 11 people that I messaged, Um, but there was this one, one matchmaker who was doing this like table for eight or something like that, like she was doing like this kind of um, thing that was close to what I was doing. So I thought she was perfect. And when she didn't message me back, I went to her website and I saw that on her schedule, you know, of, of places that she's speaking that she was going to be speaking at a matchmaker conference in New York. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy a ticket to this conference. I'm gonna go to the conference and I'm going to just pitch her directly. Cause that, this is, this is such a good idea. Right. So I, I bought my ticket, I went to the conference, uh, I got there late <laughs> and I had to sit in the back of, of the room. And when I was sitting in the back of this conference, I was just looking at, at everybody and I was thinking, wow, there's like 250. These are of the world's top matchmakers and nobody in the room is black. Wow. No, there are no men. It's just, just white women in the room. Uh-huh. And, and then how they were describing their, because this was a business conference for matchmakers. So I didn't they know were there talking, was such a thing. <laughs> yeah, man. I didn't even know either. I was like, this is right. crazy, you know? And, and I saw how they were talking about their businesses and, and this, this is no disrespect to that organization, which now I sit on the board of,
2: uh-huh. um,
1: but, but I, I thought it was like the conversation was really basic. Like, wow. Like if, If they are because what because the matchmaking agency used to be a lot of basically moms who were stay at home moms Mm
2: -hmm. who
1: wanted just a really cool hobby side gig. Oh, you know, so um, so long story short, man, another light bulb went off. So what did you do with the
0: nonprofit? You sold it or you you left it? So
1: so um, so so immediately I I said, I want to do this. I um, got on the phone with my wife, my man, Dre, my best friend from uh, Investment Banking Days. He met me because he was working in New York. And and I told him, I said, man, I'm going to become a matchmaker. This is this is a good lane. How
0: did your wife I, react? I, <laughs> Another
1: one? My wife said, man, my wife was like, do it. Wow. She was. She's always been just like, all right, let's do it.
3: Wow. Let's do it.
1: And, and, uh, and my man Dre was like, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's get it done. Let's do it. Everyone else said, Paul, you're crazy. Don't quit. Don't do. So, so here's what I did. So I literally, literally got on uh, uh, a train back to DC. Uh-huh. I then literally emailed, uh, to Turkey and I said, I'm booking a flight. I'm coming to Turkey like this week. And I went to Turkey and I quit. Wow and I said I told him I said um, you know like this has been the greatest greatest thing in the world for me but you know I need to keep doing things that force me to like be uncomfortable right you know and and, and I was like there's nobody black doing this mm-hmm. there's nobody there's no men doing this there's nobody my age like um, I'm, I'm either going to go into this industry and blow up or blow up. Right. right? You know, right. It's going to be one of those where, um, so they said, fine. So what happened so, to
0: your nonprofit, the one
1: that you. So, so, so the nonprofit by that time I had partnered with uh, a woman who is now, she's more of my best friend. I'm mad because my wife stole her from me. Mm-hmm. But her name was Richie Holmes. Uh Uh, Richie Holmes had a test prep organization and so we merged oh and to this day she still runs the test prep organization out of out of Prince George's so I I found a safe home for both and um and I you know and then I spent the next uh year of my life uh learning to become a matchmaker
0: is that around the time we met
1: yeah man that so that was after, we met the next year. Okay. After yeah, yeah, that's right around when we met. So I spent a year just kind of studying the space, laying low. Um, I went out to Denver and spent some time with the world's top matchmaker. I kind of became uh, like a, a mentee of hers, and and, um, and then by a year later, I was trying to figure out how to launch my business. And um, I didn't know how to do it. And once again, my wife and my man Dre came, came to the rescue. They were like, hey, you should, you should just like do a video series. And, and that was right when kind of YouTube was just like, people were just starting to really do web series.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing about the, lo- the love and dating industry, especially for, for, for black people at that time, is that a lot of the men, not a lot, all of the men, went by aliases oh yeah like they didn't go by their real names it was like the lovologists you know or it <laughs> oh, was
0: like, Oh okay yeah
1: yeah it was like uh, my man rich jones who who's who's incredible he went by slim jackson <laughs> you know um uh freaking uh dave uh damon from very smart brothers he was like the champ like that was it right the right champ. right like,
0: i remember it that. was
1: just aliases and, and not only was it aliases, but everybody hid. Like, I, I literally remember um, the biggest cat out that time was the Lovologist, who I still to this day don't even know what his real name is. <laughs> and I remember saying, yo, I want to do an event with you. I want to do an event with you. He was like, okay, so you got to set up this, you know, he's like, you got to set up a sheet so nobody sees me. I mean, that's how, that's how crazy it was. Right. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to come out and just be me,
3: mm. like
1: Paul, Carrick, Brunson, mm-hmm. and um, and so I, I did a, I did a, um, so I mean so so right before coming out, like I I was, I was preparing to be, to be a matchmaker, and I started taking on pro bono clients just to learn matchmaking, right. the art of it, and so then a year later, right when I met you, is right when. I had, um, that was a very like big year for me because, uh, I put my, vi- my web series out. It was called the modern day matchmaker
3: uh-huh.
1: and, and nobody really watched it. Like, even if you go now, um, it, it'll have like, it'll have like very low views
2: and, uh-huh.
1: and nobody would watch this thing. Like I would put it out, like, I'll get 11 views it get, you know, 12 views. And I knew my mother was watching nine times. Like Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nobody right. was watching,
1: but it turned out that Oprah Winfrey was one of those views.
2: Oh wow!
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and, and 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 I mean, and there's so many lessons in there because how how was it that she found me? She found me because one of my pro bono clients, who I didn't know, I did not know, because she kept her identity private, uh-huh. was one of Oprah's friends. And and she was on Oprah's plane one day and Oprah was like, I'm working. I'm coming up with an idea for a love and dating show. And the friend was like, oh, have you heard of this guy, Paul Cary Brunson? Wow. So they go to YouTube and that's how and she would watch. Wow. And I had no idea. No idea. Wow. You know, there's so many lessons
0: in that right now in that story right there man it's crazy
1: man it's, it's crazy so that's crazy. how you
0: got hooked up with oprah
1: that's that's how it happened and then how you and i connected is that so right when i hooked up with oprah i also got a book deal okay and how I did you get the book got... deal
0: was it through efforts or was it something that somebody saw your youtube or saw your you know was watching you and were like yo you need to write a book
1: Yeah, um, an an editor, uh, associate editor, uh, was just watching me on Twitter, and at that time on Twitter, I was doing this thing called modern day matchmaker. I think I
0: remember that.
1: I remember that. Yeah,
0: you had all the single black woman (laughs) attention. I remember that, bro. Yeah, that's when Twitter was. That's what you know. I don't think Instagram was around, so everyone was on Twitter.
1: Man, everybody was on Twitter. And it was a small community. And at at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays, I would always I would put up an eligible bachelor.
0: Mm -hmm. How would you meet these eligible bachelors? They would just submit their stuff to you or, you know, you just find them.
1: Yeah, well, so it was two things. One is we we were running, you know, a legit agency where we had uh, mostly women clients, but we would also have male clients. Okay. So some, some of those bachelors were our actual clients who had come to us because, you know, of the website or because they saw, you know, an interview that I did, that kind of thing. But but then what we started doing is we started just doing straight outreach. Mm. So if we were at an event, uh, I would literally just walk. Oh, OK, your name's Kelsey. OK, so um, are you single? OK, you are single. So and, and that's how it would work. OK. And. And um and, and on Wednesdays we would we would put up these bachelors and it got so much attention that uh, that uh, Gotham Books um, that they uh, it was a a, a subprint of, um, of Penguin they literally just DM'd me and said have you ever they said they said if you ever think about writing a book we would love for for uh, we would love for you to pitch us have you ever thought about writing a book? And, and my response, I'll never forget. It was I responded. I said, Oh, I already have a pitch. I'm ready. Oh, wow. Did you have a pitch? I did not have a pitch. (laughs) I didn't even know what a pitch was. Oh, I had no idea what a pitch was. Wow. I said, said, I've got, I've got a pitch. I'm ready. And they said, okay, so when can you come to New York? I said, you know, next week, let's do it. So, um, I, I literally, uh, worked my ass off, you know, figuring out how to put together a pitch and I did uh-huh. and then went into their offices, pitched them and literally, literally I walked out of the meeting, walked down the block, maybe halfway and they called me and they said, we, we'd like to offer you a deal. Wow. And, and, and yeah. the Oprah thing
0: was happening at the same time too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and that, I mean, quite honestly, I think they, they gave me the deal because of the Oprah thing. Like they were like, okay, He's got some heat. So.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, so they, you know, they they knew that you had a, a situation going on, with Oprah, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 they kind of they saw that. So so they gave me a deal. So so what was really good is so I had the book deal, I had the Oprah deal, and then I um, I was able to go to own separately outside of the the TV deal to then get funding for a tour oh and I, and yeah and that's how we met so I built the tour idea around being able to promote the show right as well as promote the book
0: wow wow <laughs> it's amazing listening to this story bro I man listen I don't think I don't think a lot of people know this journey you've been on bro like, and this is yeah, not man. even close. where, <laughs> it's not even nowhere near where you are right now. So, okay, so I, I know we gotta speed it up a little bit. But how did the Oprah thing go? Um, I'm sure the book went well because I, you know, I, you know, when I did that event in Brooklyn, you know, ton of women showed up. Um, I think, oh yeah, uh,
3: man.
0: I think we had Estelle perform. I forgot, uh, but it was it was it was a good turnout. And this was like in some kind of you know somewhere nobody. Black people wouldn't show up, and then they showed up. Yeah,
1: man it it was it was epic, man. I mean, uh, the the only I only have one regret. You know what that regret is? What's that? Is is that is that we? And so I have to take the responsibility on my team. Is we messed up the orders?
3: So oh. we,
1: we had you know so opening week between we, so we man we did like six big events
3: mm-hmm. that
1: whole week, I, we had over 2,000 sales, Wow, over 2,000 sales first week. And the way that we were selling, uh, so what we were doing is we were saying, you buy the ticket to the event and mm. for the ticket price, you get the book. Right. The problem is, is then we got, so then we ran all of the book orders off of uh, like two or three credit cards. Mm-hmm. So we found out that those didn't count as independent sales mm. and, and, and then it ended up just messing up, uh, the New York times bestseller list. Wow. So we, you
0: you would have been on there if you didn't, if you did, if you had made these individuals put their credit card information in. You know individually
1: man we 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 possibly would have been number one two or three
2: oh wow yeah it was
1: it was man it was like i was depressed because that was that was part of it because you know what i've been what i've learned over the years and what i had even knew at that point is that leverage is really everything mm. you know like i you know when i look back at my career you know everything was leverage. It was like, um, I, it was like so the own deal really happened because I was I was a writer for uh, for Essence. A mm. matter of fact, man, this was back in the day when Essence had five main writers,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and Essence would profile their writer of the day on the on the first page of their site. Mm -hmm. Every writer had one day. Demetria had a day. I had a day. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. So you would go to essence.com on whatever, like Tuesday, and you would see my face plus my article. It was just like, it was unbelievable. It was incredible. How did you
0: start writing for Essence? You didn't...
1: See, that's the thing. It was the leverage. So I started writing for Essence because I was... Writing for um, what was it? Uh, clutch Magazine,
3: mm-hmm. which was
1: a, um, a small site, and I got to Clutch because I was writing for. And you were talking. And you were or, writing
3: about
0: matchmaking and relationships and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so, so you know, so leverage was everything. So, you know, in my mind, uh, right around the time when we were, when we did those events, my my drive was to leverage the events to To get the New York Times bestseller list, mm-hmm. you know, so um, so the events were great, man. But we didn't get the list because we we just messed up administratively, right? right. Yeah, um, right. but um, but I mean, it was it was great. I mean, you know, uh, I, I ended up doing <laughs> this is funny. I ended up doing so. I we did the show Love Town. Yeah, uh, how was Love that experience? Town, it, it, it was. The best of worlds and the worst of the best of times and the worst of times.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was my first TV gig. I, I never even thought I'd get a TV show, and here I am, first TV show, and I'm co starring with Oprah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, so you could imagine that that's really dope, but at the same time, is very stressful.
0: Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to okay. show up and, you know, produce. You mess with
1: yeah, Oprah. You produce at the highest level you know and uh you know and, and then also too like that was when the own network uh wasn't the strongest right they were um, still
0: trying to and, figure out who, you know their programming and you know what was what yeah. works and what doesn't work
1: yeah man i mean i remember saying you know the show's on the own network and and people would say what channel is that you right. know it's like
0: it was weird. It's like some channel West Bubble, like one eighty something.
1: I'm like, is
0: that a channel?
1: <laughs> I yeah, remember that. Yeah, it, yeah, man. So it was one of those where, you know, it just didn't get it. The, the show didn't get um,
3: traction. You know, we,
1: we, we just didn't get traction. But um, but but own was really good, man. So own gave me another deal. Oh, and. Yeah, man, it, see, it, this is, and I don't think anybody knows this, is, so then, um, I did another show with Oprah. Wow. I didn't know about yeah. that. It, it was one pilot and done. Oh. Uh, yeah. So it was, and it wasn't my show. I was a correspondent. So it was, the show was called Soul Pancake.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, um, uh, that cat from, um, The Office, uh, damn, I can't even remember his name, um, the glasses uh uh uh, but he he it was he he and oprah were the like the hosts of the show
2: okay
3: and then
1: they had three correspondents that they sent out all over the country to find these like heartwarming stories
2: okay and
1: yeah and so they sent me out to find like the love heartwarming stories Uh and it was i mean it was man, another dope experience like second my second time on tv right, Oprah, right. right. It, it was wins and um you know so uh that show we did the pilot numbers were good but we like they weren't it wasn't good enough to keep it going mm. you know so uh so then that happened but but behind the scenes the leverage was working so mm. right after that man i got a deal with nbc yeah man wow man, man. it was crazy it's crazy. i mean honestly i've got stories for that day- we're still 10 years ago right now i know i'm
0: trying to I'm, I'm trying to speed it up but i'm like this is like so you know dope i'm like i can't speed this up man i thought you know this is good stuff this is really man. amazing dude you need to write this book bro yeah yeah you need to write
1: there's this book there's, the there's second there's book here, man. so i here because
0: so you got to, you know, uh, deal with NBC. Were you still doing a matchmaking thing at this point? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was that business it was going? Because it was it was it was big because you can imagine coming off of
0: yeah. being
1: with Oprah and yeah. uh, Man, we, we were we were huge. Uh, we were definitely one of the most successful matchmaking agencies in the country. Wow, um, and
0: catering to predominantly a black clientele. And, you know, they were paying you
1: to do this stuff. Yeah, but see, all right, that's a good point. After the the OWN show, uh, the the dominant audience actually was white women mm-hmm. that watched uh, OWN at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was when. Man, we started getting inquiries from from everyone,
2: oh. and
3: we we
1: had we had everyone, everyone, okay. every, So it was so yeah. you weren't
2: only
0: for people of color; you were for everyone.
1: Yeah, man, we were serving everybody, um, and the the agency grew. Uh, we had a, we had a dozen people on staff at the agency. Wow. Um, yeah, man, and then. Uh, everything was popping. You know, uh, that's when I started becoming a professional speaker, started getting paid uh, to, uh, to to speak. Um, that's when consulting started. Uh-huh. So I started consulting. I, um, man, I consulted all of the big, all like that. This is when uh, dating apps were just getting started. Uh-huh. Uh, I was consulting the number two dating app at the time. You know, and I'm talking about six-figure wow. contract consulting. Yeah, I mean, man, I had uh, at that how time. How were
0: you able to manage all this, you know, stuff that was coming, opportunities that was coming into you? Did anything fall through the crack? I mean, did you, you know, how were you able to keep everything, you know, flowing and fluid and, you know, give your best effort on each, you know, each opportunity? Team.
1: Team. Mm. Yeah. Team. And, and this is, this is where I think all that crazy stuff of me being, a you know, writing business plans from, uh, you know, like a, a little age, like all the, all it was very helpful, you know, having run at that, you know, by that time I had already run, uh, you know, small businesses, but like $6 million budget businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the nonprofit itself was over a million dollar budget, you know, um, the even going back to animal spot like i was able to run i was already experienced running uh larger entities Mm -hmm. you know so i had a team Mm. and so i had a team working on built out a whole team to work on the matchmaking agency my wife was then full-time she was working in the business okay Um, she she
0: she, uh quit her job and just helping you full-time doing it
1: yep full-time wow she actually became uh, the CFO, okay, you know, and yeah, and um, we had man, we had so many phenomenal deals. Like I sold, I sold the rights, my life rights, to Sony Pictures. <laughs> wow, yeah, it was it was Columbia actually. Are you
0: trying to say um, they're going to be a movie about you?
1: Well, I mean, see, th- this is one of the crazy things is that was right when the uh, remember the Sony hack?
3: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. But uh, we already wrote the manuscript. We spent a year writing the manuscript. Um, man, it was just, you know. So I mean, the script is there.
0: Wow.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, but but we, we we sold that. I mean, it was just crazy. We, we uh, the the NBC deal that ended up not going. And it, it, so it was a massive show. This, this show called Ready for Love.
3: Mm-hmm. Eva
1: Longoria was doing it, and 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 a week or two before they started shooting, they replaced me. Wow. Yeah, and that's when I started to understand it was crazy. Man. It was right around that time is when I started to see like how rough television is,
3: mm. and,
1: and and it was funny because I would go to like a BET
3: hmm
1: and I wasn't black enough to for bet uh-huh but for NBC I was too black wow it, yeah it it was it was crazy and it and it wasn't just like it wasn't just like quote unquote too black it was I wasn't stereotypical black male
0: oh oh they wanted and, you to be that that rough around the edges hood you know jock type you know persona because I remember or,
1: or, or funny or just like straight like
2: uh, jokes all the time mm, you know
1: right you know you know so it was it was it was um, you know so, so they, they they replaced me off the show but it was great because they still had to pay me so mm. I still got my check right um, and then then we parlayed that we leveraged that to another deal. Uh, so then I got to deal with NBC universal. Um,
0: I mean, this is man. becoming like a TV personality now. Like, you know, you had your matchmaking business going, you already wrote a book, did the own thing. So now you were in television.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was legit. It was, it's funny cause I always look at TV as a part-time gig,
2: uh-huh
1: but, every year for the last 10 years, I've had a TV deal. Right. And, um, you know, uh, you know, some of the shows don't go like the NBC universal. We spent a year working on that deal Mm -hmm. and we shot a pilot. I started doing integrations. Like, uh, remember the preachers of LA, that thing Uh, on oxygen. Yeah. That's crazy show. I, I, I did the after show for that. I, I hosted the after show. Um, you know, but it was just, man, every, just, just, just doing different deals. So I, I did that. I did, um, after that, I then got a deal with, uh, ABC news. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. And I, I executive produced my, my own show. Uh, it ran under the 2020 banner, uh-huh. um, but, uh, it, it took us a whole year to shoot it. And I was, I executive produced it, um, you know, so, man, every year, um, I did, I've, I've done something in television, either pr- producing or hosting. I did, um, man, three years, I hosted Black Enterprises, Our World for three years.
0: Yeah. How was that? How was that experience?
1: Oh, man, it was incredible. It was, it was, a man, it was, a like, it was surreal because I grew, I literally grew up watching Ed Gordon host a show, mm. um, and then watching Mark Lamont Hill, uh, host it, um. And they're two like, like legit icon icons, Wow. you know, so uh, to, to be able to, to, uh, to host those, uh, you know, after them was, was great. Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it's been crazy. Like, I don't even know, like, there's so many. Uh, we're still, we're still like four or five years ago. No I know, words. I
0: know. How do we, how do we get current? I mean, I know recently you had another opportunity um, in London. I mean, tell me about that. You know, you moved your whole family out out there. Yeah. Tell how did that yeah. go? How did that happen? And how was that transition taking your whole family? You know, by now you have two sons, you know, and your wife. How did that all came about?
1: It, it it was a, it was you know uh i can't say it was a fluke but it was it was literally they just saw me on social oh wow you know they they saw me on the social they were like hey um you know uh so this is a show who, uh that's an established franchise uh-huh. over in the UK called Celebs Go Dating uh it's a super popular show um in the UK and 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 in kind of in Ireland and um they, uh, they were looking for a new, new Uh co-host and they, they, they interviewed me and they had never had an American do it. And they wanted to mix things up a little bit. So when the opportunity came up, my wife and I never took it seriously. Like really, we, we, we always looked at it like, uh, we we're doing so many other things. Like by that time, like we, we had sold our matchmaking business in, in 2016. Okay. Um, but we were doing lots of other projects, mm-hmm. like lots of other projects. And so to move to the UK for whatever amount of time was not necessarily something that was to- the top on our list. Right. But, but we looked at each other and we were like, why not? You know, mm-hmm. why not? Why not get our boys out of this crazy Country that's that's mowing down black men, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, why not, you know, expose them to a new culture? You know, why not, um, you know, be only four and a half hours away from to take a trip to Africa or mm-hmm. uh, two hours by train to get to Paris? Like, why not just do it? It's three or four months, so we so we took the gig and mm-hmm. we were able to still maintain all of our other gigs. And, and, you what know, what was your other crazy. gigs
0: at the same time? You know, you say you were doing a lot of projects. What kind of stuff you were, you know, what, what your, your guys' hands were in?
1: Oh, uh, man. We, um, so, uh, public speaking, uh-huh. uh, which, which, which is a like a legit, uh, once a month kind of big gig, uh-huh. uh, you know, thing. Uh, consulting. I was consulting for, Easily like Fortune 1000 companies. Wow. Um, I was at that time, I had become a a business journalist, which I still am for USA Today. Right, right. I was a columnist. Uh You know, for USA Today, I was not only writing a weekly column, but I was also that was in the paper and also um, online, but I was also hosting the first digital show for USA Today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I was, and then also I was uh, hosting, I was probably my third year of hosting, uh, I do these masterminds, these big cohorts, twice, uh, two masterminds um, a year, where I'll have between 60 and 100 people in a cohort. And uh, they're split up into different groups. But I'm teaching, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, so business startup, people who are either starting a business or people who are trying to grow their business from Uh, You know, maybe 50K in revenue to 500000 in revenue. Wow. Uh, But business growth. So, man, I mean, I was, like, full out uh, on the board of trustees for for university for one of BAU schools uh, here. Uh, I was, at that time, I started my project in Jamaica, building school there. Um, (laughs) You know, yeah, I mean, I was busy. I was busy. And so to leave Uh was 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 a lot but we did it and you know what once again my wife was like why not you know and it's been one of the best experiences so right now we live between dc and london <laughs> so so i am i I still so the show is now now i'm on my third season of that show
0: wow it seem like yeah. yesterday you started it
1: yeah well so it runs twice a year oh okay yeah, and it's it runs like a soap opera. It's crazy. So we're on every night. We're on Sunday night through Thursday night. Every prime, night, prime, wow. Nine, nine nine p.m. One hour every night. Um, it's crazy, man. And, and man, it's like over a million people watch it every night. Um, it's it's um, it, man. It's it's a, been a blessing because it's opened up. A whole new community a whole new set of experiences imagine
0: You're global you global know, now bro
1: man if like we it's it's amazing it's amazing wow. um you, you know so so we're doing that and you know i'm th- there's a tv project that uh i'm working on here now in the states um so i'm i'm doing both uh, and uh and then still doing all the other stuff the masterminds the consulting started investing Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this year we invested in our first big project. It's a, a coffee bean nursery on mm-hmm. um, the only woman owned coffee bean nursery in Jamaica.
2: Mm. You uh, know what?
0: It's funny because I I used to stay in my grand, my grandmother. I think she stayed in St. Andrews, not in St. Andrews, uh, St. Catherine.
1: St. And, Catherine.
0: Okay. And they had these, co- she has these coffee, Coffee trees and this, the 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 beans was just fall on the ground.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like
0: Man. like nothing, like nothing. It was just like fall on the ground, like tons of beans on the, during during the season, whatever. Nothing. If I knew, well, I was a kid then, but I can imagine. That's 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 a great opportunity out there.
1: It's 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 incredible, like um, the the opportunity because um, you know we, we did it. I mean, one is what I've learned now about investing over the years is, you, you know, you, you invest in, in the jockey, right? That's right. The horse. Right. And so, uh, this, her Dorette is incredible. She's like just incredible, mm. phenomenal, uh, person. Um, so like that, I'm super excited about, as a matter of fact, I was on the phone talking to them this morning about us, you know, how we're going to brand and, you know, so, um, you know, I'm, all over the place, but doing, like, man, just projects that I'm really passionate about. Right. Uh, I
0: I noticed you didn't really, you know, what motivates you is, like you said, the problem, fixing the problem, you know. Money wasn't your motivator, but look at all these things that came. The money came afterwards. Would you say that was the case in terms of, you know, you just follow your heart, follow your passion, follow your instincts, and then everything else falls in place?
1: hands down. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate on follow the opportunities to develop skills,
2: mm.
1: because when you have extraordinary skills, the money and everything else follows you. Like hands down, I passionately believe that. It's, it's, it's not about, you know, people are like, okay, do you chase passion or do you chase money? I say, no, no, no. If you chase passion, you know, that's never like passion doesn't pay the bills.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if you chase money, not all money is good money. Right, right. right. Um, but if you chase the skills, you chase the development of the skills. And that's even developing skills sometimes in places that you don't necessarily want to be. You know, like right. one of my gigs in, in high school, we didn't get into it, but I was, man, I was a cashier at Wendy's.
2: Mm.
1: Man, that was, I had no passion around that. Right. But guess what? It taught me a lot about management. It taught me a lot about uh, even managing money. Like it was, it was one. Of the, it's just like the skills, like you chase skills and then you, you develop those into extraordinary world-class skills. And then once you have those skills, you can then begin to create the opportunities. Right.
0: But I began to leverage it into, you know, opportunity that will in turn bring in revenue. Yes wow yes yo man listen i i meant for this conversation to be an hour it's like an hour going on hour and 32 minutes so i'm gonna wrap it up man i mean oh my god you draw so much gems but uh just any advice you want i mean follow the opportunity to develop skill that's a great advice actually because you're right passion doesn't really pay the bills and money is not always good money, so that's a really great advice. Like you should trademark that that statement, bro. That's, that's
1: <laughs> I've never heard that before, <laughs> but
0: it's real. It yeah, makes a we'll, lot of we'll, sense.
1: Yeah, man, we'll we'll put it in in the next book.
3: Yeah, uh, man. But
1: but but you know, outside of that, I would say the, the other part of this too is, um, man, keep good people around you. Mm. You know, um, I, throughout throughout this whole thing, you know. And I wasn't intentionally doing this, but I'm thinking back to to our conversation. Is I probably said my wife like 50 times. Yeah, you know, she, she was instrumental. You know, uh, my man Dre. You know, right? God, man, he he passed away two years yeah. ago. But yeah.
0: but man, I'm gonna
1: tell you what. Yeah, man, he, he changed. I mean, just his friendship. It like it was it was you know changed my life. You know, yeah. he's good people. Man, you like you think about this. We have. We have uh like like man, what was that ten years ago? It was a while ago. Is bro. that where we met? Yeah, it was a while
0: it was yeah. a while ago. I did I did two events with you. I did you did an initial matchmaking event. I think this is when you were doing the business. You started out your business and I remember you had, you know, a ton of people there. I mean, I helped with the marketing and everything, but it was a whole operations going on. I think that's when I met Dre. And the second go around was the the book launch event so i don't know man <laughs> it's been yeah. a minute it's been a, i've, I've it's, seen your journey but i didn't i didn't know your journey I've, I've seen it from afar but i haven't really you know you know this is wow
3: you but, know but
1: man just, just i mean like just just our just our connection it's like man, you're good people like it's it's interesting and I, i've got to tell you this too so you know one of you know, if I look back to the favorite moments I've ever had with my mother, mm-hmm. a top 10 favorite moment happened because of you. Word? Yeah, man. That was at your, you had a birthday party. Right. And right. and I remember that night because, man, everybody was like, yo, we're going to Kelsey's party, right? And uh, I was like, mom, because my mom was in New York, I was like, you want to go? And she said she said I'm too old to go I can't right. go and I said no nah, come on you can go you can go come on on. he's good people man. he's just going to have good people there right um I took I took my my mom I took my uh, my cousin my mu she's my mom's first cousin you know so she's she's my mother's age uh-huh. uh we went to your party man they yeah. had a great time yeah, I was... they had a great time
0: I remember that party it was like a great Gatsby theme and my own purpose was I just wanted us to 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 look good in our best life because I know you know there's a lot of young black professionals here in, uh, in New York and there was no places for them to really shine you know they would have to merge into the hip hop culture or, or you know I wanted something where they could like be their best self you know and you know that yeah. effort that party took a you know it was a party of passion because I believe in it And it turned out extremely well, man. That was, you know, that was a dope. I remember seeing you there and uh, gave me some good, you know, we talked a bit, you know. Yeah. I think that's the time you told me, like, when you meet a wife, that's like the best thing that would ever happen to you. I think I remember that conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was crazy, too. I'm thinking about, man, we did another project together. You know what it was? It was, see man you you have been you've been my savior in in new york because i remember i was doing a segment on remember Anderson? Oh, Cooper a, that's yeah, right remember that? remember
0: that's that? right that's right and i you i think it was a last minute thing you were like yeah. you know get all these brothers together
2: yeah and yeah.
0: Uh, man it was it was something around yeah. with dating um uh, what's her name i forgot her name but she she's also a TV personality and, you know, she was a young professional black professional woman looking for love or she was single, you know, trying to figure out the dating life. And I think you were her like mentor or you were her guide or something like that.
1: Yeah. All right. So I got to disclose something about that, that moment that you, you, you may know already because you're, you're intuitive, but I think you should know if you don't know. So, so for everybody listening, so, so Kelsey in that segment, uh, so that TV personality who will remain unnamed right now, uh-huh. uh, uh, in that segment, I had well, I had asked Kelsey to prepare for that segment. I had asked him to put together a group of men. So it might have been like, what, like maybe 12, 12 fellas in the room. Right. And the idea was that she would walk into the room, mix it up with the twelve. And then see if there was one or two, or one. I'm sorry, one that she was interested in. Right. So Kelsey arranged it. We were at, I don't know where we were. So he got it together. He got the twelve guys, right? He got them together, and then I'll never forget. We went in. We filmed it. She came back out, and off camera, she said, "I really, out of everybody, I want to talk to the dude with like the baby dreads. Like that's that guy." I said, "What?
3: What?
1: (laughs) Are you serious?" (laughs) I'm dead. I. where this
3: wow is
1: she said. that's exactly what she said she was like out of everybody that's who. i was like well but he's off limits for this he can't he's not on- <laughs> right right wow
2: wow yeah. okay yeah i didn't know
1: yeah.
0: see man i've be missing man i've be missing signs bro <laughs> i needed you in my life at a younger age i, I think i missed a bunch of opportunities because i was so my head was so down trying to like do the work you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, I, I mean, I dated, but I wasn't trying to just use my platform for that. You know, if it so yeah. happened that I met me someone, you know, while I'm doing this work, you know, um, that'd be great. But it was not a lot of brothers I, because I, I felt like it would have been a distraction if I just used it. And Plus, credibility meant a lot. Like, oh, you just yeah. doing these parties just to get, you know, honey. So I'm like, nah, I was really trying to, you know, create a uh, a great you know, environment for people of young know, professionals of color, so they could be their best selves. You know, still I am actually. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, okay. That's what
1: happened.
0: I didn't know.
2: I didn't yeah.
0: know. I didn't know. I'm kind of glad I didn't yeah. know though, because <laughs> probably been distracted. It would have been distracting wow i'm saying wow because i you know i'm thinking about the person right now and you know she's doing her thing and i was like wow okay they, well, know, they yeah. know my old power
1: yes <laughs> yeah you yeah, you got crazy power crazy power
0: yeah man yo man yo listen man it's like it's going on an hour and 45 minutes i'm not gonna cut none of this out man i think this is a great journey that you share with with my listeners it's going to be a great, they're going to get so much from it, bro. And I want to thank you for, uh, you know, I know we, but we, we're supposed to stop at two o'clock. It's almost three o'clock.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah my, my my wife had already come to check in. It's it's good. It's okay. Good. Okay. Uh, but, but no, but, but thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. I was, uh, I, I will say that uh, keep, keep doing what you do. Uh, I I'm appreciative and thankful for your friendship and, all the help that you provided you know to me over the years so thank you thank you
0: thank you yo keep doing your thing bro like i said you've inspired me over the years you're still inspiring me you know and so and your story now even more inspirational so you know you know you you know by doing what you do you shouldn't you know you you inspire a lot of people beyond me so man you know more blessings more success healthy family all that good stuff, you know, healthy wife. Because clearly she is the the rock of the whole situation, you know. I just want you, you know, just you know, keep 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 thriving, bro.
3: Yeah, man.
1: Thank you. Same. Same to you. Same to you, uh, and your and your soon to be. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, soon, put it out soon, there. Soon to be, soon to be wife, and and your beautiful child, man. Same to you. Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God, trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself, and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsey Cooper, The Social Broker.